Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Thank you. Good to see you tonight. Turn around and say hello to somebody and tell them they look amazing for a Friday night. Well, it's so great to see everybody. If you could just turn my uh, monitor up a little bit, my monitor's in here. Uh, that'd be awesome. And then I... So it's great. I really feel like this weekend God wants to do something in your heart in a very big way. Yeah. And I was just thinking as I was sitting on the front row um, that our adventure uh, to America, and they've been there 10 years, started at this conference uh, or this weekend in January about 10 years ago. And some very uh, powerful things happened on that weekend that really confirmed that what God had put on our hearts to plant 200 campuses around the world and to raise 10,000 leaders was really God and not just, you know, uh, heartburn and pizza <laughs> late at night. And now, you know, 10 years on, it's just really quite remarkable. You know, we've obviously had two years of COVID as well. And everybody around the world has been affected by what has taken place and what COVID has done has accelerated. Everything that was happening already was accelerated by COVID. And uh, so now this is, the, this is the season, this is the year, I believe, for a real bounce back, a real comeback. I can feel it all over the place. And, and uh, I know for us, you know, 10 years in, we now have 12 campuses and we're about to plant our 13th campus. And uh, so we're a long way away from 200, but we've come still a long way from where we were. And um, I want to show you a little video because you'll be amazed at what God does when you believe. When you really step out and you say, God, I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to lay my life down for it. I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to catch the wave for it. I'm going to run as hard as I can with it. What God can do in you is absolutely incredible. Because when I look at my life, I was thinking about this today. As we're driving up from Scarborough to the meeting tonight, you know, uh, I asked Steve, I said, you know, where's the Earn Halliday camp? Because I remember that campsite, but not with fond memories, except because it was at that campsite, I don't know how many years ago now, maybe 30, 25 years ago, that I got very sick. Very sick and, uh, but at that camp that Pastor Jane and I were doing, 16 of those young people are now pastoring some of the biggest churches around Australia that came out of that camp. But it was at that camp in this dusty little room that they had put us in <laughs> with two little single beds that could barely meet and you can't get around it. These are the, like the leaders' quarters. Welcome to Motel Perth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness things have improved. But that's where I got very sick. 
But no, I know you didn't. It wasn't, it wasn't Global Heart. But, <laughs> but what I want to say about all that is that what, when those things happen in your life, which are setbacks, which are pushbacks, which are things that you didn't plan for, hope for, or believe for, you didn't try to get those things, but those things found you. Because there was something in your life that wasn't quite mended, wasn't fixed to the level it should be. And so the enemy of our lives has a plan in the same way God has a plan. And in that camp, with all those things that happened that were both just incredible, but also incredibly debilitating, it was the beginning of a journey of faith that would change our lives, change the lives of our church, start a political party, do things that have never been done before. And it all started at a weekend, the end of January, around this time, uh, many years ago, that I made a decision that I was gonna go after God no matter what the cost, no matter what price, no matter what it would be, that we would go in. And I wanna talk to you a little bit about that tonight, how that works. Before we do, I want to sort of show you because in the last uh, 10 years, and again, all this credit goes to God, just through miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, we have gone, thinking COVID's been on and all the other things that just destroy normal life. And yet, in our church's experience, we have seen God bless and we've seen us just in the area of buildings go from one building to owning eight buildings on our way to owning 200 buildings. And so I just wanna show you one of the buildings that we bought a year ago. It's kind of, uh, the, kind of the launch of our new campus that we, it was our, I think it was our 11th campus or 10th campus, I can't remember. And uh, happened last January and Jane and I are leading that campus right now because uh, we want to set the example for everybody else. So just check this out. It's kind of a welcome video, an invitational video to people in the community to come to the opening, but you'll get to see our building. Just check this out. Hi, and welcome to our page. My name's Ashley Evans, and I'm the Senior Pastor of Influencers Church Global. We're excited about the launch of our 11th campus at Alpharetta. Jane and I can't wait to meet you. And I encourage you to set aside January the 9th, 2022 at 10am as a special day where you become part of a life-giving community. We purpose-built these facilities for every age and every stage. Your kids are going to flourish, your kids are going to grow, your teenagers are going to make their friends. And because of the growth in you as a family, your life in the next few years is just going to continue to move forward. We're so excited about what God is about to do in Alpharetta and we want you to be part of it. You're going to enjoy our world-famous Koinonia, where we get to do life together, which is real people enjoying real coffee and having real conversations. And January 2022 is the launch of an epic journey that I believe will bring into your life God's purposes, God's desires. It's a place where you can flourish and grow and we can't wait to see you. January 9, 10 a.m. See you. How cool is that, huh? <clears throat> so that's not a building that we rent, it's a building we bought. 
And that building we bought before we started our campus. So think about that in real time. Just think about how is that possible? And to see God bless Despite all the hard work, the hardships, the challenges, the ups and downs, and to see God do this is all glory to Him. And to see that right across uh, our church now, we're planting in Indonesia and we're about to plant in Brazil and we're going to plant in Malaysia and the Philippines and we're going to plant in all kinds of places. What was the other place? Colombia. All kinds of uh, uh, places around the world as we take the message of Jesus all over that place. But it doesn't start with that great idea. It doesn't just start with, with all, of the, all of what's happening today. It starts at a very basic level, which I want to talk to you about tonight. You know, we were staying at this hotel and it just dawned on me this afternoon that um, it's a pretty scary thought that we have a key to our room, but the cleaner has a key to our room. The hotel manager has a key to our room. The security guard, which we don't know whether he's got background checks or not, has got a key to our room. And there's probably 20 people in that hotel who have a key to our room. And they have a key to every single room in that hotel because they hold a master key. We have a key that gives us access to one room. But they have a key that gives them access to every room in that whole hotel. And I started thinking about how most of us are like hotel guests. Most of us only have access to one room in our life. Most of us only have the key to one thing or maybe two things. When God wants to give us the master key to everything, He wants to give us an ability to understand how to, how to traverse between that room and another room and, and to go from uh, being uh, successful spiritually to being successful in business, to being successful in your personal life, in your private life, in your married life. And He wants you to understand how to do that. I'm a guy that loves to understand the master key to things. I hate doing things, uh, or, you know, starting new things and doing things by hand all the time. I like things to be like, like dominoes, where when I do one thing, thousands of other things start to happen. I don't know if you've ever seen those guys in Las Vegas that set up those domino displays. And all they do is press one domino and suddenly this incredible thing takes place in front of you. Well, in my life, I'm looking for the master key. I don't have time to learn 500 things. I need to know one thing. I need to know two things. I need to know what the master goal is. I need to know what the master key is. I need to know what the master destination is. And I need to understand how to grab hold of that. And so I want to talk to you that at the beginning of the year, this is your year if you understand what the master goal is and what, if you understand what the master key is. Now I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Steve to come up on the platform. And uh, he doesn't know this. I've just sprung it on him right now. He's a, just a great man. I, I met him today and he's a great guy. Now, I'm going to get you to stand over here, Pastor Steve. What I want you to do is I want you for the rest of this message, if you can just lift up your hands like this, okay? And your job is to keep your hands raised for the rest of the service, Okay. And there's a prize and, you know, we can all participate 
in it as well. And so if you feel like cheering for Pastor Steve as I'm preaching, you just help him out, you know, just whatever you need to do. Whatever you need to do to help him, you feel free to go ahead. So master keys, master keys. Okay, most of us live like hotel guests instead of like the manager of the hotel. And I want to talk to you about the master goal that God wants you to grab hold of. And I want to talk to you about the master key to the master goal. The most powerful thing you could ever invest in, in your life, is your faith. Now we hear lots of messages about faith, but you won't have heard a message like this about faith. We need to invest in the master goal. This is the goal of everything. There is nothing else in life that is more important than the extent of your faith and the extent of your ability to believe God. If you're ever gonna pray a prayer, pray this prayer. God, increase my faith. God, I want you to give me the gift of faith because everything revolves around your ability to believe. Everything in life revolves around your ability to believe God. If you need to give Pastor Steve some encouragement, you just feel free to do that, come on. It's the secret to everything. Jesus, yes. Jesus commented about people's faith all the time. Think about the Gospels. How many times He said, what's wrong with your faith? Why is your faith so little? Why is your faith so small? To another person, He said, why is your faith so big? In fact, your faith's so big, I've never seen this anywhere in a place where faith should be. You come from a a place where faith is not and yet you've demonstrated faith that is bigger than the place where people should have faith and you have great faith that I've not seen in the rest of this city. He would comment to His disciples and say, listen, you believe, you believe. It's good, come on. You gotta cheer on Pastor Steve, this is awesome. Everything is about your faith. There are wounded Christians walking around. There are wounded Christians walking around. You know why? Because they didn't lift up their shield of faith. The Bible tells us to lift up the shield of faith. Shields up everybody. That's what we have to walk around all day. Shields up. Because here's the deal. When you don't engage your shield of faith, you may be a Christian and you may go through life, but you'll walk through as a wounded one. Because how many people in this room know somebody that's been wounded as a Christian along their journey? We all know somebody. It's because they never understood how to engage the shield of faith. You see, the armour of God sits on you, but the sword and the shield have to be lifted and engaged. Everything else is about, is, you know, hangs off you, but everything, the, the shield and the sword, you have to pick up and you have to engage. The shield of faith. Faith is everything. Hebrews 11 talks about the great heroes of faith and it talks about the secret behind the great exploits between some of them, the great suffering they endured, 
the ability to look death in the eye and smile, the ability to stand against the tide of humanity in that season of their life and just stand rock solid in their faith. People that understood how to change circumstances and situations just by faith. An ability to believe in an impossible situation can be moved by an invisible God that makes Himself visible on our behalf. This kind of faith demands an action from us and it's the kind of faith God wants for us. So of all the pursuits you ever have in life, going after faith is everything. You can't please God, the Bible tells us, without faith. You're not gonna go to heaven without faith. You're not gonna see impossible situations in your life change without faith. Faith is everything. And I remember at the Earned Halliday camp, going through a very difficult season in my life for the next six to 12 months. And it was in that season that I began to wrestle with God and say, God, I will not let go of you until you bless me. And everything that I see today, every good thing that God is doing has come about because of faith. Believing God against the odds, believing God for things that people said would never happen, seeing God do stuff that I always believed could happen and hoped for, but to see it start to take place, to see our, our, our buildings go from one to eight, from $3 million to be worth $100 million and more, and to do it in a way that is impossible, challenging, that building you just saw, we don't pay the mortgage on. That building is mortgage neutral. So we have people in there that rent that building from us about 60, 70% of the week, but their 60 or 70% pay for the entire mortgage of that building. You'll be, you'll be hearing more about those kinds of things in the years to come because it's what I believe God's saying. And so I wanna talk to you now about if the master goal is faith, everything, the Bible says this, if you seek after God with all your heart, He said, I will reward you. If you come to God and believe that He is, that He's the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, He said, I will give you a reward. What's that reward? Well, the context is in the, whole chapter of faith. So the reward God promises us is when we seek Him with all our hearts, He gives us more faith. The great reward of seeking God is more faith. And then I want to talk about the seek, the master key to faith. How do you get the kind of faith I'm talking about where you see things change. I walk into meetings, I'm telling you, it's just incredible because it's not my personality to be like this, but to walk into meetings with business people, with, you know, literally people that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, people that own so much, and to sit down with those people and begin to negotiate and begin to just speak, uh, just who I am and, just, and suddenly favour comes into that room. Suddenly those people go, what can I do to help you? I'll go and see somebody and say, hey, listen, I, I did this with a, with, a, with a piece of land. I said to this guy, I said, listen, I, I've been trying to buy land for a, about a year or more. And every time I go to find land, your company has bought it. 
Every time I see something, you've just bought it. This is guy is the owner of a bank, a CEO of a massive real estate company. And I sat down with him. I didn't know him at all. He was a stranger. And I went into him and I thought to myself, as I was praying, I thought, you know, two degrees of separation. I got to get to him somehow. I think I'll probably know somebody that knows him. So I just made a call within one hour. I had an appointment. Went into his bank, like a 50-story bank building in the center of town. And I go meet him and his two, two senior vice presidents. I sit down and I say to him, listen, I've been trying to find a building. Steve, you're doing a great job. But you know, I've been trying to find a building. I've been trying to find land and every time I go to find it, you guys have bought it. So you know what I decided to do? I decided I'd just come and ask you if you'd help us find land. And if you'd just send one of your guys to help me get some land. And then I laughed, you know, and just did the Aussie thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, okay, I'll help you. So he did. And we end up getting this piece of land. I mean, it's a miracle. The, the owner did not want to sell the land to us until this guy came along. Then I sat down with a real estate agent and the real estate agent said, you've offered less than someone else. I, and then he said to me, he said, now, do you know this young man? And I said, yes, he's my next door neighbor. He goes, well, his dad and I are best friends. I said, well, he lives at my house, that kid. And so... As we're talking, we got to know, you know, he suddenly realised this guy was a Korean guy and his family next door to us were Korean and the son was always at our house having dinner and lunch and so on. And I said to, uh, and I said to him, there we go. I said to him, his name was Scott Lim. And I said, Scott, would you do me a favour? I know we've offered less than the other guy and you're representing uh, your owner. Would you pray? You're a Christian. Would you pray for us right now that he would accept our offer? As I laughed at myself that I'm asking the agent to take a lesser offer because he would have to give up his commission to recommend us as the purchasers, but he did. And I could take you through story after story, how we acquired this building, how we bought this building in COVID. What are the chances of buying a building in COVID, you think? When everybody's locked up at home, here we are negotiating because faith is what God wants to instill in you so that you're able to do far greater than people around about you, but not because of your own ability, but because of God's ability. Now I wanna to talk to you about what is the master key to faith? How do you get faith? Well, the master key to faith is something we all hear about, but not many of us are good at. And that's prayer. See, the Bible says this, and this is kind of like the elephant in the room. I said this to our church a couple of weeks ago. This is like the elephant in the room. We kind of think that when we become Christians, that we automatically get the ability to pray. That somehow we immediately become great prayers. But here's what I know after all these decades is that I know that some people get answers to prayer and some people don't. There are billions of people around the world praying right now, but not many of them will get answers to prayer. So there's great prayer that gets answers. There's very awful prayer that gets nothing. And there's mediocre prayer in the middle. You say, can you prove that? Yes. 
The Bible says this in James 5, 16. It says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person has a powerful effect. That tells me that the ineffectual, non-fervent prayer of a righteous person has no effect. It tells me that there are levels of prayer. There are great prayers, there are average prayers and there are awful prayers. It tells me that it's not just the case of blurting out my need, but I have to understand what prayer is and how to unlock the room that I'm trying to get into through prayer. And there are ways to pray that work and there are ways to pray that don't work. You see, of all the things that are connected to your faith, prayer is right at the top. If you don't pray, your faith will not grow. If you don't know how to pray, your faith will not grow. If you're bad at praying, your faith will not grow. You will go backwards in the very thing that you need that is the currency of heaven to do transactions on the earth, which is faith. And prayer is linked to faith so inextricably that you cannot not pray and hope for the best. If you don't pray, you're not gonna get the breakthrough. And this is not about a work scenario. It's just a reality that connected to the master room is a master key. And that if faith comes from God and prayer is talking to God, that by talking to God, God gives me faith. Therefore, if I don't, I can feel the jet lag going now. That if I don't pray, how can I get faith? If I don't pray, how can I keep my faith? How do you know that? Well, I want you to take you to the Last Supper. Jesus with His disciples. Great job, Steve. You're doing amazing. <laughs> Pastor Jared's going to give you a pay rise. We're at the Last Supper. And Jesus is with His disciples. And he says to Peter, he says, listen, some things are going to happen. And Peter says, I'm not going to do bad, Jesus. I'm going to be there the whole way. And Jesus says this in Luke 22, 32. He says, I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brother. So this tells me that your faith can fail. And Jesus could have prayed for anything. I'm gonna pray for your mother, Simon. No, I'm gonna pray for your wife. No, I'm gonna pray for your persistence, your consistency, your character. I'm gonna pray for your resilience. I'm gonna pray for your compassion. I'm gonna pray for your love. I'm gonna pray for your hope. Jesus doesn't pray for any of those things. He says, I'm gonna pray that your faith doesn't fail. Because if your faith fails, everything fails as well. And you know what? The next two hours later, three hours later, it's now nighttime and they go out to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember, Jesus says to all the disciples, can you stay here and can you pray? Which proves to us, that praying at nighttime is a very bad idea. Never pray at nighttime. 
unless there's a crisis. But even when there's a crisis and Jesus is there, you're gonna fall asleep half the time. So what does Jesus say? I'm gonna pray that your faith doesn't fail. Now, would you go and pray for yourself, Peter, so that your faith doesn't fail because the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Would you please pray? And Jesus comes back three times and what does He find? He finds Peter and the other disciples asleep. Just a couple of hours later, there's the betrayal and Jesus is dragged before uh, the council. And Peter, who hasn't prayed, is now challenged about who he's following. Guess what? At that critical moment, Peter failed and his faith broke down and he denied Jesus and he ran away and wept bitterly. Jesus had said, I'm concerned primarily about your faith and I want you to pray and I'm gonna pray that your faith doesn't fail. What fails? His faith. What failed first? First, His prayer. You can pray well, you can pray average and you can pray badly. We have to learn how to pray well if we wanna see our faith reach the levels God wants for us. You see, people who really know how to pray have great faith. Show me a person who prays well and I'll show you a person who has great faith. Show me a person who doesn't pray and I can predict that their faith's gonna fail. Why? Because there is a direct link between the master key to faith and the master destination, which is faith. And if you don't understand those two connections, you'll think, why don't, why don't I have enough faith? I need more faith, I need more faith. And God's saying, well, you're not praying. How can I give you more faith? So my question to you is this, how's your faith? How's your prayer? You'll know how your faith is by how much praying you're doing. <laughs> if I ask you how much praying you're doing, I'll tell you how much faith you've got. Because prayer and faith are like a key in a lock that opens heaven to your life. You see, I know people, and I'm sure you do, that have been full on for God but lost their faith. I'll tell you what they lost first, their prayer. Peter lost his faith, a prayer first and then his faith second. You don't lose your faith first, you lose your faith as a result of a lack of prayer. It's just that simple. So if you ever, you know, when I pray, we talk about praying to God, oh, He's, he's so wonderful and of course He is. But I don't just pray to God because He's awesome. I don't just pray to Jesus because He's the Saviour of the world and my Redeemer. I pray to Him because I don't want my faith to fail and I want my faith to increase because I wanna do mighty things for God that just change the world around about me. And I realise, 
that I can't do that without faith. But I can't believe if I don't pray. And I believe God's calling many people in this room to a new level of prayer. God spoke to me about five years ago and He said, Ashley, if you don't devote 30 minutes every day. See, I'd pray. I got into a season where I was praying while I was driving, worshiping God here and there. He said, actually, if you don't get into really hardcore praying, learn how to pray like an expert, not pray like an amateur. None of this kind of lazy praying. I want you to get to work praying. He said, if you don't do 30 minutes a day, then you will not see what you hope to see. Why? God said, I'm giving you the ingredient, the master key to give you the power to subdue, overcome, break through, see things change. So as Pastor Jared said, you know, one of my great, great, greatest friends in the world, known each other for a long, long time. If we are ever discouraged, we just call each other and we just laugh our heads off for a half an hour and we feel good again after that. If I want to, it's just, it, it's, it's therapy. When he calls me and I call him, it's like we should give each other $200 for our therapy session. And what he's done and what he's doing and what this church, and I feel like what God's saying to this church, I'm telling you, I can feel it. And tomorrow is going to be a very powerful impartation. That God's trying to raise up men and women of great faith in this place because the vision of your pastor is too big for him to carry by himself. And what he needs is people that can carry the faith vision into the next generation. People that can run into that next generation. But it's not going to happen because you're good looking or because you've got the right personality. It's going to be because you're a person of great prayer that has produced great faith. Steve, you're doing a great job. I want to read to you a scripture as we come to a close. Exodus chapter 17, verse 11 says this, As long as Moses held up his hands, Israel prevailed. But when he lowered them, their enemy Amalek prevailed. When Moses' hands grew heavy, and I love this, so I didn't tell you to do this, they took a stone and put it underneath him and he sat on it. Then Aaron and her, who's her? No, no, joking. Then Aaron and her held his hands up, one on each side, so that his hands remained steady until the sun went down. And so Joshua overwhelmed, overwhelmed Amalek and his army with the sword. God has put into your hands the means of winning. You see, the, the, the severity and the length of the battle was determined by how long Moses could keep his hands 
raised. This is a sign of worship, a sign of prayer, a sign of spiritual authority above the battle. And as he held his hands up, they would win. When he lowered his arms, when he got tired, they would lose. And many of our lives are always winning, losing, winning, losing, winning, losing, and never actually win. We live in this in-between stage of getting forward and moving back and then moving forward then moving back and moving forward. We go from crisis to comfort and back to crisis and back to comfort. And God said, it's time for you to go to conquest. The three C's, crisis, comfort, conquest, but it only happens if you have faith and you'll only get faith if you'll keep your hands raised till sunset, long enough for your faith to win the battle, long enough in prayer for your faith to be sustained, long enough so that God can do what He's promised you in your life. That's not just gonna happen. It's gonna happen through your faith. See, there are things in our lives that frustrate us. Put up your hand if there are things that frustrate you. Come on. Things that you just win a battle one day, but lose a battle next day. <laughs> I promise you in two days, you're going to say, I'm going to get a gym membership because my arms couldn't handle that. You guys are doing a good job. The power of your future rests in your own hands. Hands that are lifted to heaven that produce faith inside of you on earth to overcome the enemy in front of you. If you lower your hands, you lose. If you snooze, you lose. If you lower your hands, you lose. If you keep your hands up, you win. If you keep your hands up for long enough, you really win. If you can keep your hands up for longer, you absolutely devastate everything that's in opposition to your future. It's not going to happen through one raising of the hand. It would have to go all day, had to go through the battle, through the tiredness, through the fatigue, through all of the challenges, through the sun and all the stuff around them until the complete breakthrough came because faith breaks it down and prayer keeps faith going hard after the battle. You can put your hands down now. Let's give Steve a big hand. Come on. And I hope his wife gives him a massage. come to a close, but this is what I want you to do, I want you to think about. So many of you put up your hand because there are frustrating things that just seem to always be in the way. What I've discovered about that building, I can't tell you how many obstacles there were to get us getting that building. I'm talking about a $20 million building. I'm talking about in the middle of COVID, no church. I'm talking about ridiculous ideas birthed by God that are impossible in the natural. And somehow, lucky I guess, just fortunate somehow, just kind of rolled our way, don't know how. 
We end up buying a building we couldn't afford to start a campus that hadn't even had one service. And for four months, we owned the building. We didn't even have to have, have any services to pay for the building. We were sitting at home. I'd hurt my back. We're sitting home for three months. Owning the building and having revenue come in for the building without any church. I said, this is great, Shane. Maybe we should go to the Bahamas and just keep it running like this. Is a good, good, this is a good church model right here. Well, how did that happen? Oh, I guess you just knew a couple of people. I guess the banks gave you the money. No, they didn't. But God heard our prayer and saw our faith and saw our irresistible urge to move forward against the odds, to persevere when we hit an obstacle. If we can't go round it, we're going to go over it. If we can't go over it, we're going to go around it. If we can't go round it or over it, we're going to smash our way through it. You see, when you've got faith, you feel like you can take on an obstacle so big, no one else can do it. But right at the heart of all that, I'll finish with this. Five years ago, God told me, do this. So you know what I did? I listened. Some of you tonight, God's speaking to you. If everybody God's speaking to you, and some of you are going to listen. Some of you are going to go, this link between faith and breakthroughs and miracles is connected to good praying. I'm a bad prayer. I better learn some good praying. The disciples asked Jesus, hey, will you teach us how to pray? Because we already think we know how to pray, but we see how you pray. It obviously works a lot better in your world than it works in ours. So would you please help us upskill our lives to pray better? Some of us need to go to some people who know how to pray and ask them how to pray. It's the question no one asks in church. You know why? Because we're all supposed to know magically how to pray. But we don't, which is why we don't. Let's ask some people, get discipled in prayer. Learn how to pray. I'm thankful for my early days where I was discipled by my youth leaders, how to pray, how to fast, how to go after God. I'm a youth, old youth pastor. So my life was about staying up to 1 a.m. That's what you do when you're a youth pastor. You stay up to 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., whatever it is. So I'd stay up late and get up as late as I possibly could. And God said to me, that's not the master key that unlocks all the doors. You're trying to exercise, you're trying to pray, you're trying to get work done, but you go to bed at 1am and you drag yourself out of bed at 7, it's not going to work. So you know what I did? I downloaded the sleep app. The Apple Health Sleep app. And Pastor Jane will tell you, I have it every night set. I have four years worth of data on my sleep. Would you like to hear what I, how I slept last night? You ready? I'll show you how I slept last night. Last night it says that I had one hour and 35 minutes sleep. That was in the first part of the night. The other part of the night I had three hours. Oops, about to fall off. <laughs> there we go. See, one hour and 25 minutes, we'll do that to you. Three hours and 25 minutes of sleep. So I had four hours of sleep the night before. I could take you back over 
I've got all the graphs. And guess what? 5 a.m. in the morning, every day, I get up and I begin to pray. Five years ago, I started that. I've not missed hardly any 5 a.m. starts in five years. We bought that building two years ago because of that 5 a.m. start. So I want to pray for you right now and say this. If you say, I need to in 2023, I want to increase my faith. I want to see breakthroughs. I now understand that I need to increase my prayer. And I'm going to be serious about learning how to pray better, pray longer, more decisively. And I want to pray for you right now. So all across this place, if you want, if you want to have a spirit of prayer come upon you and a spirit of faith come upon you, I want you to stand. So I'm going to pray for you. So I believe when I pray, something's going to happen to the people that are ready to receive. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to raise your hands to God like Steve did. He did it for a whole 20, 30 minutes. I'm just going to ask you to do it for 30 seconds. Father, right now across this room, you see so many world changes. So many people that have been called to the marketplace to make a difference. People that have been called to arenas of life to change. People that have been called to live great lives of great faith. Parents with great faith for their children. Parents, Lord, with great faith for their grandchildren. Lord, husbands with great faith for their wife and wives great faith for their husbands. Business people with great faith for money and business. And I pray for leaders in this place. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus, across every person in this room whose heart's been moved and who's received that word, that tonight would be the beginning of a change, the beginning of a move forward, the beginning of something different and something greater. Lord, may a prayer movement start in this church that starts to change the community, change the world. We pray for all the campuses around the world, the many more that are going to be planted. We pray for Pastor Jared and Pastor Sue. Come on, let's pray for both of them. We pray for Pastor Jared and Sue and Lord, their family. We pray for incredible blessing. We pray for, Lord, Your protection. We pray, Lord, for Your your enabling. We pray for healing. We pray, Lord, for Your blessing. We pray for, Lord, just favour in every arena. And I pray, oh God, make it easy for them to run fast. Make it easy for them to grow fast. Make them easy this next five years to be an acceleration of greatness and the great things that You have for them. I pray over this church tonight in the name of Jesus. We pray. Come on, everybody, this room, I want us just to clap and be going to thank God for what He's going to do. Oh, come on, let's praise Him tonight, yeah! Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.